Hey, what's up, Access? This is Nick on the Access Podcast with a special edition episode. We actually have two special edition episodes, one this week, one next week, to carry on the series that we started last week all on the Holy Spirit. So as you guys know, Independence Day is this Thursday. We're not having service. So in order to carry that conversation on, Pastor Jake and I sat down and actually had a conversation talking about this very subject. What's the Holy Spirit's role in our life and through our life? So this week, we really talk about the in our life side of things. We're going to jump into that conversation here in a second, but then I hope you join us back next week, being that we have the community night. It's going to be outside by the volleyball courts. We hope that you're there. Even if you're not there, we're going to have a podcast episode that's going to go up next week talking about the through our life section of the Holy Spirit's role in our life. So we hope that you guys enjoy this. We would love to hear your feedback on what you think on episodes like this. Maybe we'll do some more in the future. Uh, But without further ado, we're going to jump into the conversation that Pastor Jake and I had right now. What I really want to talk about within this podcast is what are the practical implications of living with the Holy Spirit. Not the theological definitions, but Mm -hmm. the practical implications of living with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, and being baptized and knowing the Spirit. And that's what I I am so passionate about Mm -hmm. within this topic because I could care less. And I think think you hold this position as well about... (laughs) The definitions or totally. the or the theological standpoints, you know? whether it's a whether it's a a happening that happens when we receive Christ, or whether it's a second baptism. At, at the end of the day, it doesn't necessarily matter as long as we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the resurrection life. Jesus went to the cross, but then the Holy Spirit is the one that raised Jesus from death, and it's the same exact thing to where us being baptized. You know, at the end of the day, let's get beyond the the debate of if it was a single encounter or a, a second experience. And let's just get to the point where we go, okay, are we baptized in the Holy Spirit? And what does that actually look like? And what are the implications for that in our life walking forward? Because the resurrection life is the Holy Spirit life. It was the life that Jesus came walking in the first place, but then as he went to the grave and as he got resurrected, it was the life that he stepped back into to offer to all the saints, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's just going, yeah, it's it's an easy thing to get into the doctrinal and the theological debates, but... Which are important to a degree. Right. But not for debate's sake. It's for as long as they lead to the actual encounter and the actual walking out, as long as they yeah. stay as a debate topic... It's it's just going back to law and you know it, I can't tell you like how many times somebody comes up to me and, and you know knowing that I'm you know that I you grew up at Res and more charismatic theology or Pentecostal theology well you know is is the baptism of the Holy Spirit first you know it happened at conversion or happened when you're born again or is it a second experience and mm-hmm. and a lot of times you know when I look back at Jesus whenever not that I'm saying I'm Jesus but whenever <laughs> Jesus was asked questions he often asks questions back and 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 when i when i hear that i often like why does it matter yeah right and i ask him do you want all that god has for you Mm -hmm. you know because because that's the bottom line that i that's the only thing i care about is for me and the people that are in my life is like do we want all that god has for us and i'm convinced biblically that the only way for us to actually have what god has for us is to have and know 
his spirit, which is the thing that Jesus left behind for us right. into the full measure, not just having a definition or a theological position on, on him. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it was so important for us to receive the the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or we just move away from even the, the idea of the baptism of it, but it's so important for us to receive the Holy Spirit that Jesus himself says, it's better that I go away. It's better that I'm no longer with you, even though he is with us, but it's better that I'm no longer with you in bodily form because I'm going to send to you the advocate. Like... <laughs> Here's Jesus, you know, son of God, you know, lamb of God, the the author and creator saying, no, you guys, you guys think it's good walking with me, but wait until you walk with the spirit. Because if you've been impressed by me, what you've actually been impressed by is the spirit filling the son of man. You talked about it a minute ago. I don't know if it actually made it into the podcast, but it's going, Jesus emptied himself to, to walk a, a, you know, a fleshly body filled with the breath of God. Uh, and everything that he did worthwhile in his ministry came from him being filled with the breath of God, not him being the son of God. And that's a that's an important thing for us to understand. Because when we look at Jesus as superhero, we think, oh, I, we can't we can't do that. He's well, of course he did that because he's Lord. But it's going, no, he emptied himself to be filled with the breath of God, the spirit of life, to be able to operate in a way and model a way that we can step into when we receive the the Holy Spirit. You know, not, I, I do want to, you know, that concept is, is it's so like, it, like to me, for my personal journey, that when I understood, when I started to understand that, Mm-hmm. When I under when I started to understand that Jesus was not a superhero, but mm-hmm. that he was a man, it changed everything for me. Oh, totally. Because it became less about my ability to be a good Christian and follow in good behavior. And it became more about like an intriguing wonder of what my life could actually look like if I knew this Holy Spirit that Jesus said, it'd be better if I go. Like, totally. it's like this wonder, this like, um, this invitation almost of like, listen, you don't even know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And God literally saying, I'm inviting you on a journey to know me through my son by the power of the spirit that's with you. Totally. You know, it's like this, this, and for me, that's where I, I, I sit and I go, what? What have we made this? What have I made this all about if it's not about connecting and knowing Jesus through the Spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. through His Spirit? And it can be kind of a difficult topic, even for me at times, to wrap my head around because it's unseen, it's spiritual, it's 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 illogical at times, it's it's up in the clouds almost. And and the bottom line is when we when. Like what we're talking about is, you know, Philippians 2 is really what you said, 2-7. But Jesus emptied himself, mm-hmm. taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Right. Like when when we realize that, and, and it's not about having answers or it making sense, but it's about us, you know, Proverbs 3, it says, it says, don't live by your own understanding. Right. You know, don't live based on what you can see or make logic out of, mm-hmm. but instead... Look to the life of Jesus. Look to the to 
to what he has to say and and go after the more, or you could say go after a life that Jesus modeled. Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting. Like I remember I remember when this started, because I came from a I grew up in a church that it was Father, Son, Holy Bible. We didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wasn't really... It was in the Scriptures, so we'd read through it, but we never really actually parked. I didn't know that Holy Spirit was a person, you know? Like, I, growing up, I, I heard the Holy Ghost, and I thought, like, of Pac-Man Ghost or something, you know? And I was like, what, what does this even mean? And I just remember, as I was stepping into actually understanding of, of Holy Holy Spirit is a person, and and... Holy Spirit was the one who empowered Christ. And then you start to go through, and it's really interesting. I suggest that anybody who hears this goes through, and you start to look at the different areas where Jesus was called Son of Man and where Jesus was called Son of God. And obviously, Jesus was the Son of God. And like you said in Philippians 2, it talks about how he emptied himself to really become the Son of Man, to be filled with the breath of God, to become Son of God again. And and it's no wonder why it says... For those who are who are led by the Holy Spirit, they are called the sons of God. Is because in our fleshly nature we are we are sons of man. But when we receive, when we walk with, and when we partner with, and it's just communion with the Holy Spirit, the person of, you know, move past the the idea of spirit, even though that's an important thing. But sometimes that could be like you said, up in the clouds and kind of lofty for us. Move past the ghost, the you know, Holy Ghost. And you actually realize, no, I'm walking with the person of Holy Spirit. And when I do that, then I step into being called the Son of God just as much as Christ was. Obviously, my life is not going to be Christ's life, but my life is going to look like a, a, a Son of God. And that's an important, important thing. But it can't happen without walking with the Holy Spirit. It's crucial. And I just remember, like, as soon as that started started clicking and I started reading through, especially through the, the four Gospels, with that in mind, it started to open my eyes to, one, what Jesus actually came to show us. And then, two, after he showed it to us, what our life is going to look like when we actually take that step and step into it. <laughs> it was completely eye-opening. And I know we know, like, you know, we could say we know, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. that... But the question that I have to continually ask is ask myself is, is I'm, am I living in a way that displays my belief that he's a person? Mm-hmm. When I walk into a situation, do I know that I have the spirit of peace that's with me? Mm-hmm. When I walk into a situation where there's sickness, do I understand that the same spirit is with me? And it's not my, yes, faith plays into it. But do I under, am I living in such a way where I know that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is with me. Right. And he wants heaven on earth more than I want heaven on earth. He wants a miracle more than I want a miracle. Totally. And, and he's, and, t- are we, he's and tangible. We, yeah. And so we make it so much about like, you know, like it, this is where it kind of gets like, okay, it's our faith, but at the same time it's his spirit and his power. And, I think that the thing that always anchors us in in living healthily and having a healthy perspective and a healthy soul when it comes to this is knowing he is the person. Mm-hmm. He is God himself yep. who lives in us. <laughs> <laughs> it, it solves all the problems. Right. 
you know, the church is, is constantly, you know, myself included, we can fall into this like we want to control people. We want them to be holy. We want them to be righteous. We want them to act right. We want them to evangelize. We want them to be leaders. We want them to give. We want them to do all these things that the Bible tells to do. Mm-hmm. And yes, the Bible, like obviously the Bible's like the source of truth when it's breathed on by the Holy Spirit. And but so many times it's like, yeah, but do we understand that if we would just introduce people to this person mm-hmm. and we say, hey, you see this Bible? Okay, see the Gospels? I want you to read that in mind that the teacher, the person who is the teacher, mm-hmm. his name's Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit, he's actually going to be reading this with you. Totally. Pastor Dwayne talked about it mm-hmm. on this past weekend where he says in First John, it says the anointing. Mm-hmm. He says, no, no one needs to teach you anything. The anointing, who is the Holy Spirit, yeah. will teach you all things. Totally. Jesus says, I think it's in John. I can pull it up here in a minute. But he says, listen, I'm going to send you the teacher. and He's going to remind you of everything that I've said. Mm-hmm. And so, so many times we're like, hey, get in the Bible. And you just need to learn this good information. And you need to like, you just need to memorize some of these scriptures. And I'm all for mem- Bible memorization. But... The Bible, the greatest gift of the Bible is that we actually get to know God, mm-hmm. how he thinks, how he acts, what he values, and what he prioritizes. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't, we can't just read the Bible and get that. It's the Holy Spirit who actually reads and gives us insight and revelation and understanding. Totally. And it's just that the person that, you know, that's where the personhood of the Holy Spirit is often lost, even when we go to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Because we're like, you know, oh, we're supposed to read our Bible because we should know what God thinks. And it's like, no, but like the Holy Spirit wants to actually transform us to think like he thinks. Totally. Not just to give us new thoughts. Right. Like it, it says that the, the scriptures are breathed by God. And, and going back to what we were just talking about a minute ago is going, there's there's the picture of, of God breathing into man. To where I, I truly believe he was breathing his spirit into man and man was walking. Adam was walking in the garden filled with the spirit of God before the fall. And then Jesus comes and breathes on the disciples. But then there's also this breath of God into the Holy Scriptures. And it's going, no, that's Holy Spirit coming in, brings the Scriptures alive. And then he administers the Scriptures to our heart, to our life, to our soul. And, and really walks us through it. You were just saying John 14 but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He'll teach you all. He's going to walk with us and teach us as we go through. And before I knew the Holy Spirit, I would go into Scripture over and over. And I've talked about this at Exodus before. I'd go into it, and it was just a bunch of words on the paper. And I'd get to the end of a paragraph, and i go, what the heck did that just say? And I'd go back and try and reread it. And if we do catch something, when it's not with the Spirit, we, the things that we catch... When we approach scripture without the Holy Spirit is legalism, is self-righteousness, is really a Pharisee mindset. The Pharisees were walking a religious life without the breath of the Holy Spirit on their life. And they they had the whole Torah memorized. (laughs) Exactly. They knew scripture better than anybody else, but they didn't know scripture because the Holy Spirit had walked them through it. John 1, the word became flesh. They didn't know God. Exactly. I mean, Jesus came saying, I came to reveal the Father. means up until that point, they didn't know the Father because the way that they were experiencing the Father was through human knowledge. And it wasn't, it wasn't based off of 
the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the spirit of knowledge. And then it goes on back into John 14. says, he will teach you of all things, and this is Jesus saying, and he will remind you of everything that I have said. So going back to your point a second ago is going, we can approach scripture without the Holy Spirit and think, you know, okay. But then there's also the other area to where I see people trying to approach the Holy Spirit without scripture. <laughs> and, and it's when they get weird. <laughs> Pastor said it the other week. He goes, Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. And it's going, he will remind you of everything that Jesus said. Do we actually know what Jesus said for him to be able to remind it to us? <laughs> like we actually read the Bible. Exactly. So there, there's two ends of, of the spectrum of going, I'm going to approach Bible without Holy Spirit and I get legalism and law. Or I'm going to approach Holy Spirit without Bible and I get weird and just flaky. flaky. Because I don't actually have things for him to teach me in and I don't have things for him to remind me of. We haven't submitted it. I mean, it goes back to we haven't submitted to God. Right. You know, there's a ditch on each side, like you're talking. And mm-hmm. so many times we can be like, well, Holy Spirit told me this. It's like, yeah, but like, does that line up with what Jesus said? Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't need to say ever, like it doesn't need to be verbatim. The only things that we can ever say are what Jesus said. But at the same time, do we have an understanding of what the message that Jesus came to preach? Totally. And the focus and the priorities that Jesus came revealing, preaching, and and giving to his disciples, you know? And <laughs> without that, we just can get so... Well, what happens is, I, I, what I've seen, even in my life when when I was younger, is so many times you get you catch this like, oh my gosh, Holy Spirit, is a, he's with me, but you don't submit to the Word, and now you start going to the Word even, but now you're going to the Word and you're using your lens to read the Bible. Right. And so now you're reading scriptures, but you're not actually letting the scriptures teaching you. You're actually using the scriptures to confirm your own agenda. Mm-hmm. So like you believe something, and so now you're going to the Bible to confirm what you believe. To try and prove it. See, instead yeah, of there it is. Instead of going to the Bible to allowing that to prove or to confirm what the truth is. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the great, not the you could say balance, but the great... I think adventure mm-hmm. is living, as Jesus says, the worshipers will worship with spirit, spirit and, and truth. truth. It's yep. this being so passionate and hungry for the truth, mm-hmm. but at the same time, being so passionate and hungry for the spirit. Yep. And you can't have, we can't have one without the other. Totally. They, they go hand in hand. I mean, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and then Holy Spirit, they're partnered together in order to glorify God. So you can't have spirit without truth, and you can't have truth without spirit. Like, <laughs> so you, It's just one of those things where it's going, you have to have both. And it, and it requires you to submit yourself. You know, we were just talking about going to Scripture and, and trying to prove. If you're able to prove everything that you think in Scripture, then you haven't actually approached Scripture as truth. You've approached your own thought process thinking that it's truth, and then you try and prove it in Scripture. But if you aren't challenged when you go into Scripture... Uh, I mean, like, you're, you're not walking in truth, and you're not walking truly in the Spirit. It's going, 
he he brings these things to us and he he's our advocate he's our teacher he's our comforter but he also draws us out of our comfort zone in order to bring us to a place to where he can comfort us it means we're going to be challenged it means when scripture starts to read us it starts to challenge ooh that thing that i did earlier this week that wasn't in god's nature And all of a sudden we start to, instead of building larger weapons to bring into our next theological debate, we're we're actually getting humbled and we're getting challenged. And that's actually one of the biggest areas of, of Holy Spirit actually doing something inside of us. Because in our fleshly nature, we are not like Christ. And Holy Spirit's number one agenda in our personal life is to make us like Christ. That means there's going to be confrontation. That means there's going to be challenges. And that means we have to submit ourselves and our will to his teachings. And And not just our theology. No. Our lives. Literally everything that we, our thought process, our life, our will, our mind, will and emotion, like everything in there gets confronted. The kingdom looks so much different than our, our typical standard understanding of what this life is. Yeah. So we're going to be confronted. I always, you know, we're we're always going to be confronted in the way that we're constantly growing. And I feel like there's a literally, there's a progression almost of what the spirit does. Like he, you know, there's this concept in, in, in when Cy Rogers was here and talking, he was like, he made a joke. There's a song, I surrender all. And it's like <laughs> this concept of like, we should like have the self-awareness to be able to surrender everything at once. And so Rogers is like, the, the song should really go something like, I surrender small pieces at a time at best. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it, because the bottom line is, you know, you can say we surrender, but we don't even know what we're supposed to surrender. Totally. Like, it's like the glasses analogy. It's like, you don't even know, like, once you lose your glasses, mm-hmm. you lose your ability to see. And a lot of times we don't even know what we don't know. We don't even know the impure motives, the, the, the lack of understanding, the areas of, that we're deceived in. And so it's not about being perfect, but it is about being on a journey. And, mm-hmm. and I think actually the first, so when we first start getting saved and we start going, like the Holy Spirit's changing, our behavior's starting to change. Mm-hmm. And so we start, our, we, we see our behavior and our desires start to change. But as we start walking with Holy Spirit, he actually, not that he cares less about our behavior, but at that point we should be walking in a sense of a more holy life, a more discipled life, mm-hmm. a more uh, a more consistent life with our values and character. And now he moves into, uh, okay, now I'm not so concerned with about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Not that he's concerned, but now I want to get to the, the, the motives of your heart. Sure. That's what Jesus always did, you know. Mm-hmm. What are the motives of why you're serving? Mm-hmm. What are the motives of why we're we're diving into scripture? Mm-hmm. What are the motives of why you're evangelizing? What are the motives of why we're we always have to have the last say in a conversation? What are the motives behind? You know, like we're it gets to a place that we can when we grow in the Holy Spirit, we grow in knowledge and understanding, we grow in wisdom that we can become self-righteous because of our knowledge, understanding. And I think one of the Holy Spirit, one of his favorite things to do is not to put us in our place, but to show us, hey, y'all don't have it figured out, <laughs> you know? And that's what I love about him is he's constantly refining motives. And for me, one of my one of my prayers that I pray on a weekly basis, you know, with the Holy Spirit, is I say, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, would you refine 
and transform every motive of my heart? Mm -hmm. Would you illuminate the motives that are impure? And would you lead me in a way that they can become pure in your sight? Now, my actions may not even change. True. Right? So if I'm, whatever it is I'm dealing with or whatever it is I I may be uh, working through in that moment, whether it's, Levels of my leadership, how I'm interacting with with people that I'm pastoring, how you know how I'm doing ministry, or even how I'm treating my wife, or how I'm treating my family, my friends, whatever. It's like uh, my actions may not change, but the motives of my heart are changed when the Holy Spirit gets invited into that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. No, it makes total yeah. sense, and eventually the actions will change. Yeah, is because like it's you know I've gone to. I love kind of geeking out on on the science behind, you know, like vines. I, I just absolutely love that John fifteen. Jesus talks about I'm the vine. You were the I you were talking about the vine like a video. <laughs> the, the, the vines. Vine. Yeah, no. Do it for <laughs> the vine. Yeah, if Alana's here, she tell us all about the vines. No, but I mean like the biblical vines. You know yes. the the you know grape at the end of the vine, and and Jesus gives this analogy in in John fifteen. I'm I am the vine, you are the branch. Abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Right, and and it's going. I've been to vineyards, and I've I've heard about all sorts of different things to where uh, vines will be pulled up out of out of soil systems. And if you think of like the, the soil system as our old life, right? There's a way of walking. There's a, there's a root system that we've planted into the fleshly nature of the old life, the old man, whatever you want to call it. The mm-hmm. Scripture calls it a bunch of different things. But then there's the grafting in to a new soil, right? Jesus is the vine. So when you take, you could actually cut the, the branch or like partway down a vine system on like a, a grape and then you could actually graft it into. They do it all the time. They'll bring vines from like Austria and then they'll graft it into a new root system to be able to actually flourish within the soils of America. And it's going at first there's a season of no fruit because the internal construction in nature of the actual branch and that whole system is now going through that grafting process, right? Planting roots, getting plugged into the nutrients of the new source. But then it comes a day to where after all of the inner workings have been done, now the fruit starts to grow. And now it's able to produce fruit within that soil system because it's it's come to a place where now it can flourish. And it's like, so I just I absolutely love meditating on John 15. It's yeah. so so good. But that's exactly what you're saying is there's a lot of times to where that progression that we're going through is we've been grafted into a completely new way of living, a completely new way of not only living but seeing the world. But it starts by him actually transforming the way that we think, the belief structures inside of our heart the different areas of our life that we didn't know. And it doesn't always produce, you know, immediate fruit on the outside. But it's important to stay plugged in because once you get like actually grafted into that nutrient system of the roots, now the fruit of your life starts to look more consistent with the new root Mm -hmm. nature. We get so caught up on trying to see the fruit in our life. And, and, the fruit doesn't come first. The abiding comes first. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand that. And for us to be able to abide in Christ and his word to abide in us, it goes right back to John 14 that we were talking about. The advocate is going to come and he's going to teach us in that. 
We can't truly abide in Christ if we aren't filled in walking with the Holy Spirit because he's going to be the one who's going to teach us on that. He's going to be the one that reminds us of the things that Christ taught us. And he will be the one. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's going to be the one that actually produces that fruit in our life. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of our efforts. <laughs> but our efforts, you know, are breathed on by the Spirit. So it does it does require some of our efforts. Kind of, it kind of brings us to a place of personal responsibility and how it's our ability to abide. It's our decision to pursue. It's mm-hmm. our hunger to go after. But I do want to point out that um, as we were just uh, in it with Peter's life, mm-hmm. you know, Peter, Peter was a G. I mean, he was like, <laughs> like Peter walked mm-hmm. on water, as you said, mm-hmm. Peter uh, cut off a dude's ear for the sake of saving Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter um, left everything to follow Jesus, yeah. and he was a very zealous person for uh, for what his perception of the kingdom was. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus, you know, Peter, Jesus sent Peter out to heal the sick, to cast out demons. Right. He experienced a lot of the kingdom power, and and you know, so we're talking a lot of this about this abiding. But what I notice about Peter's life is that when he gets baptized in the Spirit, mm-hmm. that's when everything changes. Right. He, uh, you know, Jesus calls him and tells Peter when he realizes Jesus is the Messiah. He says, "On this rock, mm-hmm. I'll build my church." Mm-hmm. To Peter, so he's like, "I'm going to build my church through you, Peter." And then they go to the Mount of Transfiguration, and Peter sees Jesus like glorified Moses and Elijah. And mm-hmm. It's just like amazing. What does Peter say? Peter's like. Let's build a church here. Like he, he just didn't understand. Like he, like, like Jesus was speaking so much identity and purpose over him. But without the baptism or the gift of the Spirit, mm-hmm. Peter was limited and blind to what God actually wanted to do through his life. Right. And so, yes, there's abiding that is the personal responsibility, in a sense, of the individual to pursue the Spirit. Mm-hmm. But in an even greater sense... God's ability and desire to transform us supernaturally is shown through the life of Peter. Mm-hmm. That in Acts 2, when he receives the Spirit right. and is baptized in the Holy Spirit, he's, he, he's no longer timid. He's no longer afraid to share about Jesus. But there's a supernatural unveiling of his eyes, a supernatural awakening of his purpose that can't be explained other than the fact that the Holy Spirit met him in a way that is unexplainable. Mm -hmm. And although there is abiding, there's also this baptism of the Spirit or a a filling of the Spirit, whatever we want to call it, an experience with the Spirit that is unexplainable that will transform our ability to perceive and connect with God. Mm -hmm. And it is not by earning. It is a, it's just a gift. And it's, it's, it's comes from a place as we were talking of honor and of hunger and of waiting and even questioning of God, how do you want to meet me in a way to transform my life for your glory? Mm-hmm. So do you have any, th- just any thoughts or? Yeah, I mean, it, like we, we said it earlier to where, you know, the, the Holy Spirit has come into us to transform our life, to look more like Christ. And then also to transform the, the earth to look more like heaven. And I know that this this episode, this conversation, uh, we're much more talking about the internal transformation. We haven't really gone too much into the external like, Okay, God, make earth look like heaven. 
but it needs to start here. It's going, there's that, that supernatural happening. There's the moment that that Holy Spirit meets us that we then step into our true nature. Hmm. We cannot step into our true nature without the Holy Spirit. And you see it time and time and time again. You talked about Peter, but we go back to, to Adam again. He was a dirt ball. <laughs> literally a dirt, a ball. dirt ball before before God breathed his breath in, and again the breath is the picture of the spirit he breathed his spirit into him you look at Abram and Sarah who then became Abraham and Sarah because God breathed he gave him a new name and I, I've heard it time and time again and I personally at least this is my personal conviction is going the H that he's added to their name is actually a picture of him breathing life into them. There's a picture of a, a portion, you know, it wasn't a full outpouring of the spirit, but I do believe it was a portion of the spirit getting put in them that they could then step into their nature and identity, that they could then step into being the father of every nation. Right. And it's going Time and time and time again, you just see where it's the supernatural happening. We can't force that to happen. We have no ability to make that happen except for being in a place of unity, being in a place of honor, and being ready for when it does happen, that that baptism of the Spirit, it meets our hunger and then brings us to be the person that we were called to be, that we were created to be, that we were redeemed to be. And up until that point, we're going to act as Peter. We're going to chop off ears. We're going <laughs> to, like, we're just going to walk in churches. Exactly. When And Peter did build the church, right? Right after Acts, he gets up and he preaches and 3,000 come right then and there to know Christ. 3,000 that were just moments before mocking every single person that had had that encounter. These are people that were pointing their, their fingers going, what? But then they came to know the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ as Lord, because Peter was stepping into his nature and calling. The thing that Jesus had prophesied over him earlier, uh, it was actually coming to happen when he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So we, we talk today very much about the internal transformation because until Peter had the internal transformation, it didn't affect the world in a way that actually released kingdom. Yeah. And it needed to happen from the internal out, not from trying to go out. And we're going to talk more about this probably in the next episode or yeah. next conversation. But sometimes we put the cart before the horse, going back to that abiding, bearing fruit. Sometimes we try and bear the fruit within the world before actually having the abiding and having the encounter and having that moment to where Holy Spirit comes, meets us, and actually transforms us into our image and likeness, which is reflective of his image and likeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a, it's an important thing. And I think a, a good way of, of kind of wrapping up this conversation today is is going like, there's, there's probably people that are out there that are still kind of questioning some of this still kind of I know that when I first came to res uh, when we hit Pentecost Sunday it was all good and and dandy up until Pentecost Sunday where pastors started talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues tongues, I was like I've never heard of this before this weirds me out and this place is a cult (laughs) and I literally left res for six years before coming back and actually starting to have my eyes open to what scripture actually shows. And, and I know that there's some people out there that are 
her going, you know what? I don't know where I sit with all this. I don't know how I stand with all this. I am still kind of weirded out from this. And that's okay. It's not a bad thing to have questions. But it's important that we ask for the Holy Spirit for him to be able to show it to us. We might think it's weird, but the moment you have a real encounter with Holy Spirit, you'll start to realize, wow, that's awesome. Hey, well, thanks so much for uh, listening to this podcast. Once again, this is Jake Blaukamp and Nick Mayo on our Access podcast. Hope you enjoyed. If you have questions, you can. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. If you do have questions, though, you can probably message us on Instagram. That's probably the best way to get a hold of us. And we'll have another podcast for you hopefully next week on the same topic. So be looking out for that. Awesome, guys. We love you. See you later.